You found a podcast where you'll hear the truth And we will praise Jesus' name We stand for the Bible and won't back down from it Although it don't bring much fame Some folks will like it, some will try to deny it But God's word will always stand true Hello, friends and faithful listeners. It's time for the Pod King Bible Study. I'm your co-host, Donald King, and I'm joined by the host of this study, Brother Donnie King. On this podcast, we study the Bible from its original languages so we can understand the Word of God more clearly. We look at current events and news in light of scriptures, and we also examine some of the things going on within our culture from a biblical perspective. This is Friday, September the 8th, special edition number 98. Don't move the old landmarks. In our last study, we visited a familiar passage. We discussed how Jesus cleansed the temple. We peered into several Old Testament prophecies that are connected to this portion in John 2. Was Jesus mad? Would he have hurt these people? If Jesus acted like this, can we do the same? We looked at many things in this episode, and we feel that there are many things you will be able to gain from this study. Come on and listen to it now. In today's episode, we give an answer to a question from a concerned listener. There are people today who are saying we need to get out from under the influence of the old timers because they had it all wrong. The questioner asked what our response to this is. Any belief the old timers had that was right needs to be left alone, kept, and believed by us as well. We believe the Bible teaches us to never move the old landmarks that have guided our forefathers. We dig into several different topics today, and we stand with the Word of God and the old timers who stood for it. And now for the lesson and the teaching of God's Word, I'll turn it to the host of our podcast, Brother Donnie King. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this journey through the Word of God. We're going to be looking at a few scriptures today, and believe it or not, it's already time for another round of some good biblical discussion. Yes, it is. It sure seems like Friday comes much faster on this Bible study than it did when I used to get paid on Friday. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Job said that his days were faster than a weaver shuttle, even back in his days. So I reckon time has always seemed to go by pretty quickly to people from all generations. Well, do you reckon time flew by for people like Methuselah or did it drag by? Even if 969 years went by quickly, that would still be a long time. (laughs) Yeah, it would. By the way, Dad, what was Methuselah like? Well, well, how old do you think I am? Well, I thought when you were a boy, the Dead Sea was only sick. Okay, boy, you're asking for it. (laughs) Trying to start a fight already. (laughs) Even before the Bible study starts. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Well... It's a good thing you chose to do a Bible study podcast, because if you had chosen to do a comedy podcast, you wouldn't have any listeners. (laughs) Well, I do like a good laugh now and then, but my passion has been the Bible for many years now, so I am thrilled to be doing what I do. I hear you. Just stick with the Word, son. Stick with the Word. (laughs) I plan to. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and tell the people why we're tackling this subject today? We're doing this episode in response to a question from one of our loyal listeners. The listener said, I have noticed a huge shift in how people live, and I feel certain it is tied to the fact that many people have let down their standards in recent years. 
Several people today are saying that the old timers had it all wrong and we need to get rid of their influences. Then their question for us is, what is your response to this? Well, let me begin by saying I appreciate the question and I am thankful for the listener who sent us this interesting idea to look into. I think it's a multifaceted question and we're going to try to look into several things before we dig into answering the main question. For the record, I too have seen a shift in how holiness people are living today as opposed to how they lived 30 years ago. Yeah, you know, I've seen it as well, and it is a little discouraging. It is, and to go along with what the questioner said, I'm positive that it's tied to the fact that people are letting down their standards. The reason I'm so certain of this is because people will live what they believe. This is why it's so important that we know what we should believe. If you believe right, you will live right. If your beliefs are wrong, you're going to live wrong as well. Well, this is one of the main reasons behind why we're doing what we do here on the Pod King Bible Study. We want people to believe right, so they must be taught right. Amen. That's so true. And we're bound by Scripture to know what we believe, and then we are required to properly expound that. Well, when the truth is no longer preached from the pulpits of America, this country will go under. Yeah, so the same thing works for the church, because if truth is not coming forth from the pulpits, not only will the country go under, our churches will go under. That's right. The part in the question that stated that what the old-timers believed was all wrong, to me that's a little vague, and really it's too vague for me to nail down a real good answer for it. This is primarily because I'm certain that all of the old-timers didn't agree on everything. I figured there were several different belief systems even back in the old-timers' days. Yeah, I noticed that idea seemed to be implied in the question, but I know that there were several topics the old-timers disagreed on. Yeah, and I'm not going to just try to dig into and show forth what some of the old-timers believe and what some of the others believe. I think that we see a little bit of that played out in what our churches believe today because we are still highly influenced by those who have gone on before us. I'm trying to be very careful and very respectful here, so allow me to word it this way as I wade into this topic. If certain old-timers believe wrong, we do need to correct that and move forward. Am I saying all old-timers believe wrong? No, I know some of the old timers from back. And that's a topic right there. Let's just start right there. Old timers. How old is an old timer? When were they born? When did they live? (laughs) Because are we talking about people that are 80 today or people that was 75 in the 40s or somebody that was 87 in 1995? What is the old timer? Is it just the generation before us or several previous generations? Good question. So I know some of the old timers from back in the 50s and 60s believe that the blood wasn't applied until sanctification. I strongly disagree with that belief. If the person who made this statement that the listener wrote in about was talking about beliefs like this, it would be hard to fight their declarations. Well, it would because if somebody saying, hey, we need to get rid of those kind of doctrines and they're talking about some of the old timers that believe that doctrine in particular, I would have to agree with the person who said, hey, Let's get rid of the thing that was wrong or the things that was wrong that they believed. So I think it's a very hard question to answer because the old timers who believe correctly, we don't need to change anything about that. I know several of the old timers who have already gone on and they believed right. They live right and they preached right. If those statements were made about those old timers, then we certainly need to stand against the people who are throwing off on the old timers. 
That's right. So to accurately answer this question, I'm going to have to make a few assumptions and then teach from that standpoint. Please understand what I'm doing, because as I pointed out, we had some that believe that you didn't truly have the blood applied until sanctification. I know others who believe that it was at salvation, which is what I believe. So I can't stand with the old timers who believe the one doctrine, but I can stand with the old timers who believe the other doctrine. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm going to have to build a case right here. I'm going to assume that the old timers in mention were from the holiness movement, firstly, and their beliefs were in the middle of the road. That means that these old-timers that I'm defending were not overboard in either direction. They weren't too loose, and they were not too strict. With my assumptions in place, I'm now going to attempt to answer this question and build upon my answer. I'd like to say to the one who sent this question to us, questions like this are difficult to answer without a good amount of context added to it. If we misunderstood what you're getting at, we apologize. I personally don't think that we're misunderstanding the question. I just think there's too many open ends left in it where it wasn't nailed down. And please, I don't want to offend anyone, especially our questioner who asked the question. I'm not trying to nitpick, but I am saying areas that if I take a strong stand for all old timers, I could have somebody call me on the carpet and say, well, I know so-and-so, and and they was 87 years old, and they preached such-and-such, and it was not biblical. Well, I want it to be known. I'm not standing with any false doctrines, any radical ideas. I'm standing upon the word of God and on the shoulders of those who preach the truth of the gospel. I've been asked several questions similar to this before, and I really think that this is what the listener who wrote in is looking for. That's why I'm willing to do a whole episode on it. Well, you know, now that makes sense. If the beliefs of the old timers were doctrinally correct, it would be a sin to change from them. To be freed from the influence of those old timers would be the same as to be freed from the Bible's influence. This is where I have my biggest problem with this idea that's being thrown around today. Are you equating the elders and old timers with the scriptures here? No, but once again, I am making the assumption that they were preaching and teaching the scriptures. Therefore, if what they preached was wrong, then the scriptures would have to be wrong as well. I have a couple of scriptures that I want to use for my defense of the old timers who believed the Bible, tried to teach it right, and tried to live right. I want to go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 10 and 11, and then I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 27 and 17. They're very similar. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with thee. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say, Amen. In today's society, the cultural lines are shifting, and this is producing discontentment in many of our age groups within our church, with the people that we hang around, with the people that we're friends with, the people we work with, and basically the nation itself. This is a topic that years ago would have stirred more controversy than it does today removing the old landmark. You have this thing that would mark where land began, where land stopped. How do you know that's old man Mills's property? Because you know that his property is fenced in right there. There's some landmarks. As people traveled, there was landmarks that helped guide them to where they were going. If the landmark was no longer there, they're going to have a hard time getting to where they go. All right. So now, because these cultural lines are shifting, There's people rising up saying we need to move the old landmarks that the old timers went by. This has been brought in by discontentment. Now, I know you probably said, well, I believe it's been brought in by sin. Yes, but they grew discontent with the way things were. 
and now they're allowing sin to come in to replace the old landmarks. I'll give you just a quick example. Some people believe there isn't enough technology in our churches, specifically our holiness churches. Yeah, well, there's quite a push for everything to go digital now. Yeah, and some of our holiness churches no longer follow along in their own personal Bible that they brought with them or left in the pew. They don't follow along in their song books anymore. They're reading the words off the wall, or they skim them through their iPhones, their iPads, and their tablets. Okay, I'll have to admit it. It does still bother me to see a preacher preach from an iPad rather than open an actual Bible. Me too. It really does. And let me put it this way. I wouldn't have liked to seen it go from the scrolls all the way to the leather-bound books if I had lived back then. But here's the point. It isn't so much that it's just going to some new format, because if it's the scriptures, it's still legitimate. But the fact of it is, is you've got a phone in your hand, you've got Facebook in your hand, you've got YouTube in your hand, you've got the internet, you've got emails you can be surfing while it looks like you're doing something else with that phone. I understand we ought to trust one another, but I have caught so many people that were not trustworthy that it makes you wonder when you see anybody else raising up a phone in church, how do I know you're sitting in your pew reading the words to the song or you're surfing something on the internet? That's my gripe with it. I've heard them preach for years that they're going to take our Bibles away. And I wonder if this hasn't helped further that cause. You know, that could be. It really could be. It's possible. But I, I lean to the fact that they'll eventually phase the old KJV out and make everyone go to a more modern translation, which yeah. would basically be the same as taking our Bibles away. It isn't only the Bibles that we seem to be having problems with, though. Those good old hymns that they sung when I got saved, well, they're not really good enough anymore. They're looked at as kind of boring today. You know, that's the songs I grew up in church singing, and they still hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, to me, that old red-backed hymnal is like the KJV version of songbooks. That's right. Either way, most of your mainline churches today have adopted Christian rock songs and alternate music into their worship services. Well, I can tell you, I consider that a mockery and a disgrace, for there's no such thing as Christian rock. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Do you reckon these people who listen to Christian rock are headed to a heavenly hell? Do what? <laughs> Never mind. I'm just making a play on words and phrases. If there's a such thing as Christian rock and roll, then there ought to be a such thing as a heavenly hell. <laughs> I mean, it makes as much sense. There are many people who feel that our church services aren't geared towards things that can keep everybody's interest. Why not? Half of them are checking emails during service and checking posts on Facebook, so it looks like they're entertained at church. Yeah, they're getting entertainment there, but it's not through the service that's going on. That's right. I've seen those same things as well, and it's very disturbing to me that the respect level for the house of God has fallen so low. And I will say this, and I, maybe this will put everybody on alert when they're hearing me preach somewhere. I've called people out when I see them fiddling with their phone. I've asked them to put them up. I've actually went back to young people who had iPads that they were doing God only knows what on it. Maybe playing a game, maybe playing tic-tac-toe. I don't have a clue. But I've walked back to them and said, son, won't you put that up and listen to the gospel? That will save your soul. Now, I know people don't like that. They consider that too bold. They think that maybe, maybe you ought to leave that kind of stuff alone. What, leave them alone and let them not listen to the gospel? Let them grow up in church and never have heard the gospel? You let them go to hell? Exactly. Many places today, those who are 30 and under never enter the actual worship service. Oh, yeah? Where are they then? 
they go into what they call workshops. They do things like be a cub cadet and do training. They even chill out in fun rooms together. Many of your modern churches have pool tables, ping pong tables, air hockey, and many other things in a downstairs room for those who are bored with the actual service. Oh, boy. How is that even considered as religious? Well, I'll tell you, they got Caleb playing through the sound system. <laughs> that way they can yeah. say it was a Christian service. This is what's making it harder for our traditional churches to reach our teens, the 20-somethings, and the prime lifers. And that, that's considered your 30 to 40-year-olds. Many people today associate traditional church with people in their 50s and up. What has happened? Well, to tell you what happened, we have seen the old landmarks get moved. A landmark is something that's used as a guide for direction. It shows you where boundary lines are as well. When we begin to move the old landmarks, the things which used to guide us, how will we ever know where to go or what to do? Wow. Hey, uh, if the blind leads the blind, Jesus said they'll both fall into the ditch. That's so true. When you remove the old landmarks, it really leaves everything wide open. I believe it gives people a license to make up their own rules for life. Yeah, we're seeing the effects of it in our churches today. We sure are. Let me throw an analogy at you right here. If your neighbor keeps moving your property boundary marker, you will literally be losing ground. Right. You will find it very confusing when you try to remember where the lines used to be. You woke up there and said, well, I thought it used to be here. Maybe it was over there. And it just brings confusion. When we move the boundary lines of what is right and wrong, who could tell anymore? What is right and what is wrong? I believe that this is not only happening in American culture, it's coming into our holiness churches today. You know, this never works out in the end, and it usually ends in disaster. Well, if we move the old landmarks our forefathers lived by, we're going to end up losing ground with God. If we ever try to go back and find the old lines where they were, we won't remember where they should be. Wow. You know, this episode is getting pretty heavy. <laughs> we got here in a hurry. Yeah, well, just hang on. It's going to get even deeper. We aren't the only people to witness this happen, though. The prophet Jeremiah ran into a similar situation, and he gave us God's command back in Jeremiah 6 and 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Isn't that what's happening today? We have a few voices still crying out, get in the old time way. Let's walk in the old path. And people saying, I ain't got to walk there. I ain't going over there. There's a new way made over here. We, we can walk in this. It's much better road. Once the people had moved the landmarks, those who wanted to find them had to go out into the middle of the roads and ask the people where the right way was. Once they found the right way, they were told to walk therein and never depart from it again. This is what the holiness churches of today are needing to do. How do you think we got to the place we are with a lack of respect for the house of God? I personally believe it's when people lost their fear of God, their fear of judgment, that they lost their respect for the house of God. Well, that makes sense to me. You know, I'm very disappointed in some of what is allowed to go on inside our churches today. The church is not a restaurant. It's not a nursery. It's not a lounge. It's God's house, and it should be respected as such. I know a lot of people would take offense at this, and you might even take offense at me saying it on a podcast. You don't prop your feet up on the back of the benches. You don't throw your trash in the floor. When you lose your reverence for the house of God, 
you'll lose a lot of other stuff. I believe when America lost her reverence for the church, we lost a lot of other things as well. Things such as what? Well, instead of respecting the elderly, most people resent them now. Get out of the way, old man. Ah, if that old lady wasn't here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we have no respect. This, oh, let, let's help this poor elder sister. No, now it's, I wish she'd just get out of the way. Rather than fix what's wrong in people's marriages, they just go get a divorce. Big, no big deal. No one's willing to sit down and work things out anymore. My, ain't that the truth? When I was a boy, I was taught that marriage was a lifetime commitment. And no matter what happened, you had to work it together to make it work. That's right. Instead of friends working through things, now we just walk away from each other. Yeah. There'll be people that they were best friends for 20 years, and now they hadn't spoken in seven, eight years. Rather than solve problems, we're seeing partnerships dissolve. People who are in business together, they could work it out, but they choose just to part ways and let the business collapse. Neighbors no longer relax and visit with one another. As a matter of fact, we hardly even know our neighbors. Yeah, well, we're too busy when we never take the time to know our neighbors. But you know what? There's something else that bothers me about this. What is it? If you don't know your neighbors, that also tells me that you haven't been witnessing to them about Jesus. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Well, it's bad. It's good and bad at the same time. What you said is good and what we're doing is bad. That's true. We're letting people slip through our fingers. Instead of training our children. We found that it's easier to ignore them. Just let them do whatever they want to do. They're going to anyway. I've had many people tell me that. Let kids be kids. Okay. When do we stop doing that? We let kids be kids. They lie, they cuss, they steal, they fight. And so when they grow up and they're teenagers, they steal, they lie, they cuss, they fight, they do all of this stuff. And then they come to church and they want to they want to be part of the church and they're still liars and they're still fighters and they're still cussers. When does that got to stop? When does that change? Do we just change our saying instead of let children be children, let kids be kids and say, well, let men be men. I mean, what's the difference? In other words, let everybody do what they want to do and we'll just ignore them. You can't ignore your children and train them. This causes them to do some pretty drastic things to get their parents' attention. I knew you was going to get on that. You know, today, rather than correcting their children, they have decided to let them work out their own issues. That's one of the craziest ideas I've ever heard. I have to admit, when I was a child, y'all settled most of my issues with a belt or a hickory. That is true. (laughs) Today, our jails are overcrowded. Many people are being released back into our society without ever actually serving their full term. Do you really think that will teach them a lesson? No, not a bit, because they'll be back in there before it's over with. I personally know a man who was imprisoned in a murder case. He only got three years to begin with. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. But then he got out after 20 months for good behavior. How good a behavior can a murderer have? Is that all life is worth anymore? Well, when you move the old landmarks, life loses its meaning. Therefore, when you move the landmark of what life is and what life means, it begins to lose its meaning because God set the landmark. When we move the old landmark, we all of a sudden realize that, hey, life ain't that big a deal as long as it's your life. Now, my life means a lot. It can't have any more meaning than yours. So we move the old landmarks to suit our own purposes. What really causes people to move the old landmarks? I know a lot of people would, who would blame it on worldliness or a love for the world. I agree with that, but I want to look at another angle right here. I want to come at it from a different point. Many of our old landmarks have been sacrificed on the altar of hurry. Wow. You kind of blindsided me with that now, for I sure didn't see that coming. 
Well, I know it may be different than a lot of people's looking at, but hold on just a minute and let me just break it down and explain a little something to the audience. When we refuse to take time to build relationships, we'll never make it as a family. We'll never make it as a church. We'll never make it as a community. We'll never make it as a city. And we'll never make it as a country. If nobody has time to have a relationship with someone else, all community breaks down. And that means all communication breaks down. When there's a failure to have communication, there's nothing that can be resolved. Once relationships begin to break down, we'll begin to allow any kind of relationships into our society. Oh, wow. I see where you're going with this, and it's 100% right. This is why the gays and lesbians have gotten a foothold here in America. Yes, it is. And when you remove the old landmarks, there's no longer a distinct line separating right from wrong. And it's your opinion versus my opinion instead of this is absolute truth. Now it's, well, that's the way you see it. When there's no longer a distinct sense of right and wrong, you're going to find two men or two women at the local courthouse getting a marriage license. So you're equating how, as a country, we have accepted the gays and lesbians with moving the old landmarks, right? That's exactly right. Could you explain that in case some of our listeners isn't following what you're saying? Sure, sure. Because these beliefs were held by all Americans at one time. And then when the law was overturned, they called this a landmark case. What did they mean by that? That's what I was just fixing to ask you. (laughs) Well, it means that an old landmark that had been there for a long time got torn down or removed. When there's a landmark case... That means that something moved the landmark. This means there was a new landmark that would come and take its place now. Instead of just removing the old one, there's got to be something that takes its place, but it'll be in a different spot than the old one was. Wow. Who would have ever thought that this nation would have removed that landmark? Yeah, but who would have ever thought that a country that has celebrated life like America has would one day celebrate the passing of a law in one certain state here in this country that allows children to be aborted after birth? Well, at first when Roe and Wade was overturned, I thought abortions would completely stop here in America. But I didn't realize that individual states could still override federal rulings. That law right there is kind of bittersweet because it's bitter in the sense that that part is true, but it's also sweet in the sense that individual states can keep religious liberty after America itself does away with it as a nation. So, yeah, we got to put up with the good and the bad in that. But here's where we're at. If we was a moral country who did what God wanted us to do, it wouldn't be an issue anyway. This same country that was established upon God and religious principles now looks upon religious people as what's wrong in the nation. Where did the boundary lines go? Can I ask you, who moved them? Has God changed? Isn't God the one that set the landmarks, who put the boundary lines? Did God change his mind? And if he does change his mind, how often does he do it? No, he hasn't changed, and we know that. You know, I can't help but believe no one else believes that either, deep down in their heart. You may be right. How do we think that moving the lines are going to make things better? Can I give you some truth here? Yeah, please. God is the one who set the old landmarks, and man cannot really move them. It looks like man moves them. You know, man may pass laws and allow things, but Jesus said it was never so from the beginning. God hasn't changed his mind. Do you really believe that? Yes, I absolutely do. Then according to the Bible, men are still to have short hair and women are to keep the scissors out of their hair 
God still says it is still an abomination for a woman to wear anything that pertains unto a man. It will always be an abomination for a man to put on a woman's garment. Where did you take your text from? Because you're preaching now. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'm hanging around you. No matter what the justices from the Supreme Court say, marriage is still between one man and one woman with no exceptions. Amen. It doesn't matter what law is in the books. Abortion and euthanasia are still the murdering of the innocents. I'm thankful we still have the freedom to express our beliefs and views openly, at least for now. Yeah, and to me, it really doesn't matter how many churches say differently. Christians are to abstain from drinking alcohol, dipping snuff, and chewing tobacco. I don't care how many people claim to be saved, and they're smoking cigarettes, cigars, marijuana. All of those things are still a defilement of your temple that God gave you. You know, in some states, these kinds of things are still on the law books as against the law. That's true. Now, get this. In the last 15 years, there's two states that have put this into law, and there may be more. This is the two I've heard about. New York and California have passed laws stating that women can publicly go topless in certain cities and certain areas. God is a God of modesty. It doesn't matter if the state says you can do it, the city says you can do it, the country says you can do it. God says you can't. Yes, and he is still against people showing their nakedness. When people get saved like the demoniac in Mark chapter 5, they will also be found clothed, fully clothed, and they will have the right mind. So someone who doesn't dress right is out of their mind, biblically speaking. Yes. I love that definition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the truth. It really is. If you get your right mind, you'll put some clothes on. When boundary lines get moved, skirt lengths usually change with it. We don't have to be carried about with every wind of doctrine. True. Nor do we have to be carried about with every fad in fashion. That's true. So before we close, allow me to speak to the landmark as its other definition, a boundary line. I've mentioned it a couple times, but we've looked at just mainly seeing a landmark, something that you know is there. If all states here in this nation were to remove their boundary lines, how would they know from what state to tax you? All right, so let's narrow it down. What would be your zip code? Oh, my. That is a good point there. It would it really mess things up, wouldn't it? It would. So think about this. How would you receive mail or partials? How could you explain to somebody where you live if you don't have a boundary marker or boundary line to explain from? Yeah, imagine how difficult it'd be trying to tell someone how to get to your house. What would that do for the GPS industry, Google Maps, Apple Maps, and such? Well, can you see what kind of problems this would present? Yeah. Yeah, Google Maps and Apple Maps, all the GPS makers would go out of business overnight because there's no longer a boundary line. How do you know how far it is to Atlanta when Atlanta doesn't have boundary markers? How long would it take for you to drive from here to Chicago if you don't know where the boundaries are? How could anyone know how to conduct business when you nor they know in what state, county, city you live in? I mean, how do you know? If you live near the border of another state, how do you know? Because the border's gone. You have no boundary. How could you tell someone how to get anywhere without the use of a landmark? You know, we used to work for some Mennonites back in Kentucky, and they would always give directions based from landmarks. Yeah, but I never could seem to find that big old oak tree that Mr. Jones cut down last year. (laughs) They would still use stuff like that as a landmark after it was gone. 
Yeah, we didn't know who Mr. Jones was, nor where the tree used to stand. That's right. I mean, they would try to tell us as if we know. Do you know Mr. Tatum Jones? No, no, I don't. Well, you need to go out past his place and turn left down there by where that old oak tree used to be there on the corner. Used to be two of them. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean nothing to me. I don't even know Mr. Jones. I don't know where his property is, and I definitely don't know where the trees are. Now, getting back to the serious side of things, we have all seen these things happen. As the listener said, there's young people, younger ministers, who are calling for us to drop all the things the old-timers stood for. If the old-timers didn't believe any of those things and they were very liberal, then yeah, let's throw that stuff away and let's get back to the Bible. But the implication is those old-timers are keeping us under a bondage we don't have to be bound by. This same problem becomes apparent in the churches when the lines are moved. People will live in confusion rather than in God's will that he has for their lives. Let me give you one last scripture to close with. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is not trying to confuse you, so God will never move the boundary line. This is my bottom line and my way of thinking. This is why we need to stick with the Bible as the final authority on how we should live and base all our landmarks from there. That's right. And I know that we all hold to traditions at times, and traditions change over time, so we can't hold a tradition as a landmark. We need something unchangeable. We need something unmovable, something that will always be the same. Therefore, let's have our landmark as the Word of God. Not what Brother Donnie said, not what the Pod King Bible study taught. No, let's base it from the Bible. We're trying our best right here to base everything we say and teach from the Bible. But beyond me and beyond this podcast, the Bible is right when we're wrong. That's right. Folks, hold on to your old landmarks. Read the Word of God and learn for yourself. Remember, folks, if you have a Bible question or a question regarding how news or current events or things going on in our culture or connected to scriptures, drop us an email at dkministries1977 at yahoo.com. That's dkministries1977 at yahoo.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode today, sharing God's Word. But until next time, may God bless you all. Be sure and come back Monday, September the 11th for episode number 132, Ye Must Be Born Again. done so much for me, this I know. Really changed my heart all around Put my feet back on the ground Got along Now for heaven I want to go I want to go I want to go To that land where the milk and honey flow Oh, I've heard of such a place I can't go there by God's grace Never seen it, but I know I want to go